Welcome to the I Love Tattooing Podcast, hosted by Jack and Clay, two tattoo artists and shop owners with decades of experience working in street shops where walk-ins are always welcome. All right, let's um let's start out with the background and the traditional relationship that that tattooers and tattoo shops have had with each other. Generally speaking, historically, shop owners have treated tattooers as independent contractors and either gave them a 1099 or the artist that worked there just gave the shop a cut and there was no kind of formal contractor or arrangement other than just you know a handshake and an agreement which probably doesn't fit the definition of an irs independent contractor according to (laughs) my understanding of it now i am not a tax specialist but i have dealt with this pretty extensively so i i feel knowledgeable enough to have a discussion on it i think half the reason that the tattoo industry operated that way is because it was fringe enough that it didn't draw attention from the authorities in the, you know, tax audit area that businesses are supposed to be subject to. I think a lot of businesses operated like that, building trades and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. You just, when, when, you know, you got paid for your job probably in cash or a check and then you just paid your guys and you know nobody needs to involve the government in that but you know the government's too big and tattooing's too big now yeah well i i think back probably i watched a i watched an old movie the other day (laughs) with my wife and it was from the 50s and the characters in the movie were talking about another person and they said, oh yeah, this guy made his money before the income tax. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, it's, it's, we're that close to it historically. Like it didn't used to be a thing, you know, like, I mean, whatever their, their income tax was, wasn't the way it's structured now. And I think that the changes that have happened in the past, probably 50 to 60 years have been pretty substantial. Um, I think that people originally would have to pay the government a check at the end of, of the year for the taxes that they owed. And now it's taken out every week. So people don't really notice it as much. I mean, you, you have 50 or 60 bucks taken out of your paycheck or a hundred or whatever versus writing a check for a few thousand bucks. I mean, that's a totally different situation and i think the government prefers that it's taken out a little bit at a time and you know it's the whole uh, frog in the boiling water scenario you don't really notice it oh yeah for sure if your average citizen paid quarterly like small business owners do uh-huh. there, there would be no irs or income tax <laughs> yeah i agree um but here we are and <laughs> uh even though that tattooing has historically maintain that kind of status with shop owners and artists uh those lines have become much more blurred with the clarification of the expectations of the irs they now have these these 
worksheets that you can fill out that are you a self-employed independent contractor check these you know boxes to figure it out and you can you know see if you fit the their definition of it because that's really what matters right it's not our definition it's not the industry standard it's not the historical relationship it's whatever the irs decides their definition is at this moment and we're to the point now where the irs is is sending notifications to anybody that spends more than six hundred dollars at a time through any kind of electronic payment system and coincidentally you have to send a 1099 to any independent contractor that works for you that earns more than $600 in a calendar year. So that $600 number is not just random. I mean, th there's a, there's a reoccurring pattern with it. Right. That, that's pretty clear. I, I, you know, I, I don't know why it's $600 and it hasn't changed, right? Like they change the minimum deduction. They change all these things over time, the amount of money you can put in your 401k, but that $600 is pretty fucking low to be uh, a trigger for, for getting a 1099, in my opinion, considering that everything else changes, right? That's just static for some reason. That makes any sense. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, a weird kind of arbitrary number like why 600 you know why not 500 why not a thousand like yeah that's, there's there's definitely a reason for that and i'm sure, I'm sure it's something insidious um <laughs> so uh, neither one of us have any love for the government or the irs at all no um and i know that we'll get flack on this because we're discussing this, but it, it's a reality. And the bottom line is, is the law is you have to pay your taxes no matter what. Yeah. So if you're an independent contractor, you still owe a, a tax on your income. And that's based off of how much you make. And, yes. and that is the bottom line. And it's becoming harder and harder and harder to hide whatever money that you make. And most of these people that uh, crying about paying taxes. Well, I cry about paying taxes. Most of these people that are upset about this and the fact that we're discussing this aren't smart enough to hide their money anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're all over social media with pictures of their new bling and their car and bullshit guns, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? They're yeah. they're not fucking hiding it. You know. And well, um, it, 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 honestly, I don't even think that it matters No, because the IRS knows how much tattoo artists make. And yes. if you don't think they know that you're kit, you're fooling yourself. We uh, looked at hiring uh, foreign tattooers to, to, to do like whatever the visa is for foreign workers, uh, H1B visa or whatever. I forget exactly which one it was. And in order to do that, we had to deal with the IRS and, uh, agree that we would pay the prevailing wage for a tattooer. And I thought to myself, well, these, they don't know how much tattooers make a tattooing is, is, is fringe. It's, it's not uh, a standardized thing. And the IRS said that the prevailing wage for tattooers was around 750 bucks at the time. And the prevailing wage, my understanding is it's the average that somebody makes in that industry. I looked at the amount of money that the people that worked for us made at that time and 750 bucks take home 
was almost exactly the right number. And, and I was like, freaked out. <laughs> I said, whoa, they know exactly how much we make. We cannot hide this anymore. We need to be as transparent and cooperative and, and not do stuff that is going to get us in trouble with these people because I don't want to deal with that. Right. Nobody wants to deal with that. And the other thing is, is we're not in the days where it's just a, a two man shop. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, uh, as business owners, what our actions do affects the lives of all of the people that work for you. Exactly. So, you know, you trying to screw the IRS out of a couple grand could very much adversely affect your staff. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't, I obviously don't want to do that. Um, no. I have people with families that work for me and I want to make sure that these people can feed their families and have a place to work that they don't have to worry about that stuff. And, you know, making a couple of bucks by cheating on my taxes is not going to provide a good stable work environment for them. No, no. Yeah. It, being dishonest is probably not a good starting point for a business owner. <laughs> as much as it, it yeah. sucks. I mean, uh, you know, don't get me started on how awful fucking taxes are, but whatever. You got to pay it. That's the bottom line. Yeah, we've um, established that we don't like it. So, yeah. You know, I'm not going to say that employee is better or 1099 is better because it really depends on the individual and the business. Yeah. Um, a, a small tattoo company with, you know, an owner, a, a piercer, and an artist or two. I, I don't know if that, if that business model, if they could afford the payroll taxes. Well, I I think in a situation like that, they could they could do something like booth rent, or or the artists just pay, you know, a percentage to the shop, and it's not really going, it's not really operating on the level of you know, some other businesses where they have perhaps a, a cash register and a, you know, a point of sale system and, and credit card processing and all that. So, right. you know, there's, there's different levels that people operate at and that's going to affect, you know, what is the best choice for them. Back in 2018, I think the IRS changed the minimum standard deduction. It used to be around $6,000 a year, and they, they bumped it up to $12,000. <clears> that means that you would have to spend $12,000 or more on expenses for your business, if you're an independent contractor, before you could deduct those expenses. So that's effectively $1,000 a month in personal expenses, not personal, business expenses for your for your small business. And somebody that's that's operating as a tattoo artist, a thousand dollars a month is a hell of a lot of supplies. Yeah. So there there might be a way to do it. I am not a tax professional that there, there might be a way to claim all kinds of things and get it up to twelve thousand um per year. But once they did that, the the option for becoming an employee became a lot better right yeah absolutely um 
and, and there's there's other advantages. Uh, as an independent contractor, you're paying a self-employment tax. Well, you're um, supposed to be paying a self-employment tax. Okay. <laughs> so, so I think for the purpose of this conversation, when we say things like that, we need to say, you know, this is what's expected of you. This is what you're supposed to do. Right. Whether people do it or not, that's their business. You right. Know, I, so I, that's, you know. You're supposed to be paying self-employment tax. Right. Um, and uh, that's an additional tax that you wouldn't pay if you were an employee. Yes. And your tax burden in general is a little less because as an employee, the employer is paying payroll taxes. So he's taking up some of that burden to, for a lot of people. I'm not a tax professional or, or anything. I can't give tax advice, but for a lot of people, an employee is, is being an employee is easier. Also, if you're irresponsible, being an employee is the way to go. Yes. Because a lot of, I see a lot of tattooers that i mean they're not saving their money <laughs> to not to pay their taxes you know so yeah. it, it's been this cycle where tax season which is the busiest time for tattooers in most markets right is when they make a whole bunch of money and then that all goes to pay the irs for their tax bill for the previous year yeah. so they're counting on a good tax tax season right for the and and the last few years that that's shit's been weird with tax season. And I saw a thing from the IRS just put out now that um, they have a massive backlog of tax returns that they still haven't dealt with yet. So your tax return for this year is going to be late. Yeah. Even though they just hired 80,000 new people. Um, well, are those 85,000 or whatever, whatever the number is are those people processors are they enforcement agents are they auditors or is it a combination of that you know they're they're not probably hiring people to help process the backlog of taxes they have in order no. to make sure that citizens get the the money that they're supposed to be getting back from their tax returns they're probably hiring people if i had to guess to be the enforcement arm to collect more money for them because absolutely. that's how those agencies work. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the reasons that our company converted to offering the option for artists to become employees is because of the whole COVID thing. Independent contractors, even though they were supposed to get unemployment, didn't. Or if they did, it was months and months down the road half of my staff by the time they got the unemployment we were already back open and been open for months yeah um, um I, we, we also operate in florida and florida if you remember compared to a lot of other states was absolutely atrocious when it came to distributing benefits now the state government collected tons and tons of money from the federal government but they did not want to pass it out. Now, I don't know what they did with it. I don't know if there was some some um, conditions attached to it that, that, you know, DeSantis didn't want to have to abide by, but they were not eagerly passing that money out and that created a lot of problems. So, you know, there's, there's a, multiple reasons, I think, why that happened. But right. I do know that every person that was an employee did get money pretty easily. Yeah. One of the big problems was the website, all government websites are <laughs> poorly designed. The website that uh, you would go on to get your unemployment was seeing a year's worth of traffic every day. Yeah. So what that website would normally get in a year, I, I don't know, 100,000 
applicants or whatever. I'm sure it's more than that, but whatever. They were getting that every day. And it was right. it was crashing the website. It was right. just it was a shit show. And the other shit show was when a lot of our staff went to go get unemployment, it would deny them because even though they were getting a 1099, I know several artists that weren't filing taxes. Yep. Yep. So I had a bunch of people being like, hey, can I get my 1099s? <laughs> a lot of former employees hitting me up. Yeah. That's yeah. like these people hadn't filed taxes in five or six years. So for those people, employee is 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 the best bet because then they don't have to worry about it. It comes out of the check. They get a tax refund at the end of the year. And let me tell you, the IRS is going to get you. They are going to catch up with you. Yes. And not only are you going to owe all the money you should have paid, but you're going to owe a bunch of extra money. Yeah. They're going to uh, fine you and penalize you and charge you interest and everything they can to economically enslave you because that's what they're doing. And they're going to garnish your paycheck and, and everything. Uh, I knew an artist. I don't know how true this is, but he hadn't filed taxes for 10 years. The IRS mm -hmm. came after him and they hammered him hard. Yeah. And between the wage garnishment from the IRS and his child support, no matter how much money he did that week in tattoos, his check was 25 bucks. Jesus Christ. See, that's that creates a separate issue altogether. He is basically incentivized to, to work under the table at that point. He, that's he, what he did. Yeah. I mean, I what else can he do? Sure. He, he can't even feed himself, you know? Right. I mean, not not that I'm I'm justifying the guy's behavior. I'm just saying that the process that they use to to you know retrieve whatever money they said this guy owed them created a situation where he's gonna deliberately and intentionally not pay them anymore. Right. Right. Crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the biggest things I see Okay, backstory here. We're kind of having this discussion because there's an Instagram page called Tattoo Jobs, and, and I highly recommend it's it's awesome. It it helps artists and shop owners connect, but every once in a while they have these little surveys. They just kind of ask questions, and it's always really interesting. And it's something just like tattooers, do you prefer commission or booth rent? And then, you know, there's the comment section, of course, is amazing. And just like anything on the internet, it's entertaining as hell yeah. um, because of there's some special people out there that love the comment section and love to show off their ignorance. But this recent one, they, they asked about, hey, it seems to be there's the tattoo industry is moving towards W2. And um, I was actually surprised the number of shops that are doing that. Russ Abbott is doing like we're doing. He's doing W2, offering a 401k, profit sharing. I thought we were the only tattoo company that does a 401k. Um, and it, honestly, it's not surprising that Russ Abbott is doing that because he's always been an innovator. You know yes. what I mean? And that's awesome. You know, that dude loves tattooing. He does. And I respect that. A lot of people in the comments section were like, I mean, they basically equate employee with slavery. You know, I don't think they understand that as an independent contractor, you really don't have a lot of rights. But as an employee, you have a whole lot of rights. An independent contractor, your boss can walk into the shop one day and be like, I don't like the color of your shirt. You're fucking fired. And that's it. You're done. 
Yeah. Um, and there's no recourse. <laughs> no. If you're an employee, depending on what state you're in, each state's labor laws are different. But if you're an employee, he can't do that in some states. In other states, they can, but you're going to be able to collect unemployment because you were terminated unjustly. Yeah. So in some states, and maybe this is a reason for people in certain states not to convert their staff to employee, it's very difficult to fire somebody. That's true. Bad for the business owner sometimes. You ever have one of those guys that works for you that's just shitty enough, you can't stand to be around him, but not shitty enough to justify firing him? You're like stuck with these people, you know? Yeah. The, I I do know what you're talking about. And without harassing somebody, it it, it it is, it can be difficult to get rid of them if they're following the rules and things like that. You know, if they're breaking the rules, you can fire them. But, but I know what you're saying. Like somebody's attitude might, not be that good but they still show up on time they right. still do their job they're they're doing just enough to not get fired yeah. that can be a frustrating situation now if they're an independent contractor like you said you could fire them for any or no reason whatsoever yeah for sure and with, uh, with, with no recourse right they, and they i'm not no saying that's right because i mean i've definitely heard some stories of people getting fired for just the wrong wrong reason then they yeah. didn't deserve it but so employees have a lot of rights for sure and a lot of recourse and the state you know will has has your back if you're if you're wronged in the workplace independent contractors don't have that yeah. and one of the arguments i saw people were, were posting is like well as an employee then you have to stick to a schedule well as an in independent contractor you i'm sure you have a schedule too you know and Every once in a while, I'll get somebody to be like, well, I'm an independent contractor. You can't tell me that I have to come in at 11. It's like, that's that's true. Yep. However, if you don't come in at 11, I'm going to find an independent contractor that will. Yes. You know what I mean? I do. Most people out there probably aren't really independent contractors. They don't actually qualify for that. Well, yeah, I, that's that's something that everybody that works in the tattoo industry should understand at least enough to you know function so that they don't screw themselves the irs has the the documents on their website that that explain the definition and the the you know the expectations of independent contractors and and the difference between contractors and employees it's a complex thing to understand is a lot of misinformation about it like you said in the comments section of any post on the internet that's for or against whatever the you know the topic is there's tons of opinions and very little facts that that are are driving these conversations um i i was able to really navigate this stuff because back in 2015 or so our stores in Wisconsin were audited by the state and they told us that the way we were functioning, that all the body piercers were employees and they needed to be converted to W-2 and the tattooers, the way we were functioning were also W-2 employees, but they could be 
independent contractors if they followed these these uh, changes that they wanted, like becoming an LLC or an S corporation or something like that, to to kind of separate themselves from the the W two employees. So we had to convert our piercers, and we were given the option to convert the tattooers if they got an incorporation they could remain a 1099 contractor otherwise they would be converted to w2 and for whatever reason wisconsin laws are more i don't know progressive labor friendly i don't know but that a lot of the staff there decided to become employees and we had to solve that problem years ago like hey how do we do this because as a as a tattoo shop the insurance for workers comp was not available to us at that time we ended up hiring a employment agency like employment leasing or whatever who does payroll for for small companies and gets a better deal because they they have you know 10,000 people that work for you know 80 different companies or whatever so that's a it's a cheaper rate for them to get insurance and do you know all the things that are required as an employer so we ended up going that route and and using a company to do our payroll and, and pay those uh insurance and, and those things and it worked so when you say insurance i just want to interject here you're speaking specifically about workman's comp no other insurance right not health insurance or any of that no no um so that's a, that's a different thing altogether right. so um wor workers comp is required by law it's effectively a tax right just like unemployment insurance they call it insurance it's a tax anything that you're required to do by law no matter what they call it if it's compulsory it's a tax right so the 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 workers comp and unemployment both are you know listed as insurance but really it's a tax because insurance is a product that you can choose to buy or not choose to buy otherwise you're just paying a tax and it might be a private company whatever but it's that's just the way that that functions and because we were not i think they said you guys are untrained medical workers that was their their kind of loophole to not give us uh insurance as as like if we were going to process the payroll we would have to buy that insurance but we couldn't because they said that tattooers and piercers were quote unquote untrained medical workers now obviously we have training uh piercers and tattooers are, are licensed and have to go through bloodborne pathogen courses and we're we're trained annually on handling biomedical waste and these things i mean this is we're not completely untrained it's just that we don't have medical degrees or you know this kind of government certification that qualifies us to be professional medical workers i guess according to the insurance company right um so workman's comp covers if you're hurt at work basically yes. um and I mean, that's it's a huge huge advantage to being an employee as an independent contractor if you're doing something you accidentally stab your hand with a tattoo needle you know, you should probably seek medical attention. And um, in the state of Florida, the, the the bloodborne pathogens course that tattooers take, it recommends that you go immediately to, to a walk-in clinic or an urgent care, and um, they may start you on the antiretroviral drugs for AIDS, just in case. And then you get tested for AIDS every three months. If you're an independent contractor, that's out of your pocket. 
if you're an yeah. employee because of workman's comp, that's completely free. Well, it's it's a free cost to you, to you. <laughs> right? To you, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So there, there, there definitely are benefits to being an employee that a lot of people are unaware of, like like the workman's comp issue. Another benefit on that subject is that if you wanted to buy a car, a house, something like that, you have a W two, you have a paycheck stub, you have you know, you've paid your taxes, you can show your income and things like that. And that makes it a lot easier to, you know, make a big purchase like that. Whereas, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but if you walk into a car dealership with more than, I think, $10,000 cash, it might even be less than that now, the uh, they're going to call the IRS and report you for having too much cash. And you're going to have to explain where it came from. Right. Um, now, you know, that's just one example, but if you have a W-2 and you walk in with that, you can go, well, here's where I got it from. Like, okay. And that's it. And they still yeah. might call the IRS, but you're going to, you're going to have a, a lot easier time explaining where you got that money. If you're going to pay for large purchase in cash, yeah. um, having a, a work record too, uh, you know, the W-2 shows that you were employed somewhere. So let's say that you move to a state where they require you to have been employed as a tattooer for X number of years before they'll give you a license there without going through an apprenticeship or school or something like that. And you can show W-2 paycheck stubs or, or your tax returns that are filed on by the, by the company that you worked for and, and show that you were working as a tattooer. So that's another, you know, benefit that, that could come in handy if you're traveling yeah. or moving around. Um, I have a friend that tattoos in Oregon, and um, the only way he, he was able to get licensed there was he um, he had his tax documents. He could prove he was yep. had been tattooing for whatever their their time requirement is or whatever. Um, if he didn't have that, he would have had to have done an apprenticeship or gone to a tattoo school right. or some, some nonsense, yeah. you know, um, not that an apprenticeship is nonsense, but no, I nonsense know. That the but, government already, is forcing you. Yeah. Right. Right. Or he's already worked as, as somebody in that industry for yeah. however long and, you know, have to prove it and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. There, there's, 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 there's definitely some benefits to being an employee. I think. Um, I've bought a house as an independent contractor tattooer and I've bought a house as, uh, as an employee and, um, the, I was able to do it as an independent contractor, but lenders don't like non-traditional. They want safe yes. and um, independent contractors are not what they consider a, a safe bet. And um, I was married and, and I, I don't know if I wasn't married, if I would have actually been able to buy that house, but as an employee, not a problem. You're just like yeah. every other schlub, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about, having a having the uh, employer take out your taxes from your paycheck that somehow banks or or these other lending institutions find that favorable I, I I don't understand that but that's that's definitely a thing I mean I guess it shows stability I have no idea yeah yeah well you know I guess if you're an independent contractor you're not paying your taxes your IRS is gonna come take the things that you own you're all oh, right yeah you yeah. know what I mean that makes I, sense. I, I don't know how that works. I guess they would force the sale of your house and take 
your equity after the notes paid off? I, I don't know. I don't. Well, it, de actually. it depends on the state. Some states that that can happen. Um, Florida is not one of those states. If you if you go bankrupt or get sued or whatever, your your primary residence cannot be taken away from you. So that's why a lot of wealthy people have homes in Florida for that very reason. Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier Russ Abbott and, and 401k and that we, uh -huh. we offer that. And the retirement plan is is huge, huge advantage to being an employee. Um, obviously, you can have a retirement plan as an independent contractor. If you're responsible enough, you, you can contribute. You can set up your own retirement account. Um, but well, I, I think that tattooers should do that too. I oh my God. Yes. Totally separate conversation. But um, yeah, that, that is something that the, the traditional retirement plan for tattooers work until you die. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's not good. <laughs> I, I've seen it. It's sad. Yeah, I have too. And, and I, I don't want to do that. I absolutely love tattooing, but um, you know, I, I, I like doing other stuff too, and I do eventually want to retire and and not not worry about it. And I'm going to be able to do that because I've set up a retirement account. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for sure. With the 401k, especially if you're with a company that matches your contribution, the money comes out of your check before you even see it. It's just like your taxes. You, you don't even miss it. Yeah. And the IRS recommends that. Um, when you're young in your 20s and you start working, you contribute 15%. If you just contribute 15% to a 401k, you will retire very comfortably. Well, I, I think more than the IRS recommend that. I think people that are financial planners recommend that. Right. Um, I think everybody should consider, if you don't work for a company that has a 401k, it's a good idea to set up an IRA or some other kind of um, retirement you know, investment account so that you can plan for the future or a disaster. You know, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen and having access to money like that is, is always beneficial. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, that's a, that's a huge advantage. And I think that I have a lot of tattooers that work for me that have been tattooing over 20 years and a huge draw for people when, when I'm talking to people that are interested in working for us is that we have a 401k because after you've you, when you're 20 retirement 65 is so far away that you don't even think about that shit yeah when you're 45 you're <laughs> thinking about that shit you know what yeah. i mean yeah. and um and that's a, that's a that's a big draw they want that security and 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 to plan for the future they've got wives and children and you know being an employee and having that is is huge for them and I think it's awesome that we can offer that. Like I said, I've seen people have to tattoo till they die, and it's it's sad. Yes, um, it is. So, and I've seen it with like a couple of big name people. You'd be like, "Dang, man!" You know? Yep. Relying on the charity of others to get by, and you know, yeah, I, I want I want everybody to retire and be happy and and wealthy. If you choose to tattoo until you die that's that's cool too if that's your plan man more power to you you know yeah well i mean if you die young it's probably not a, a terrible thing but you know i i want to live and see my grandchildren grow up and you know things like that and 
you know, I can tell the older I get, my eyes don't work as good as they used to. And I start to get a little bit of arthritis and things like that. I can't, I can't do what I used to be able to do when I was 25 and 35 years old. So, you know, yes, as the great Waylon, <laughs> as the great Waylon Jennings said, if I'd have known I was going to make it this far, I'd have taken better care of myself. Yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it to 40 and I just turned 50 last year. So uh, here we are glorious yeah we've gone on a lot about the advantages of being an employee i mean there are advantages to being an independent contractor for certain people also because yeah, you can deduct expenses and and things like that you know well, it depends um, on it depends on the situation too like if you work sure. at a shop where they do booth rent being an independent contractor is the only option that you have and it's going to be the best right. option for that situation so i mean that's do it but, you know, learn about it and make sure that you're doing it right so that you don't get pinched by the IRS and fuck it, everything, the rest of the people that work there, you know, I mean, right. they, the, the employers or, or shop owners that are operating this way, they need to make sure they're doing things the right way so that so that they don't uh, endanger the people that work for them. You know, there's a we have a responsibility as mm -hmm. as tattooers and shop owners to make sure that we do things the right way for our clients and our staff. So that's absolutely seriously. So when doing some research for this topic, I saw a lot of, there's a lot of people that are tattooers or former tattooers or, or whatever that are offering a, a advice, a lot of actually yep. good advice and some not so good advice out there. Um, that podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff like that about financial health for, for tattooers and, 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 and other independent contractors. And that's, that's another sign of how big our industry is becoming. I saw one and I thought this was really interesting, but it makes sense. I don't know how true it is that if you're in a booth rental situation, you should be 1099ing the person you're renting the booth from. Yes. If you're giving them more than $600 a year for booth rent, which I can't imagine I a booth rental situation where it's less than $600 in a calendar year, then uh, you should 1099 the person that you're renting the booth from. Right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because the, what you're paying in rent is, is a deduction, right? Yes, it is for sure. So as an independent contractor, yes. Yes. As an independent contractor. So in a situation like that, I mean, independent contracts is totally the way to go. Plus booth rental situations are a little different than your standard cut anybody that i've known that's been in a booth rental situation they they make their own hours they provide yeah. all their supplies it's it's totally a, a different scenario um but yeah it totally makes sense that if if you're in a booth rental situation especially if you've got some kind of written agreement you should be tattooing that shop owner because you're you're renting and you and you're supposed to 1099 your landlord yes that's true yeah the 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 size of the tattoo industry is also you know that's definitely something that the irs is aware of okay um forbes magazine has a article about the amount of money generated in the tattoo industry and it's it's i think i wrote it down here let's see it's uh we're about a billion and a half dollars a year and they expect it to grow to three and a half billion in the next 10 years the IRS that, that's, is that's globally, right? Yes, globally. Yes, globally. The IRS is is aware, and and the United States is 
probably accounts for over half of that, if I had to guess. Europe and the United States are a vast majority of it. And then after that would be um, Asia and South America. Those are the, that's where the population of, of people that are getting tattoos is. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's other factors uh, that are, are relative to the size of the amount of money and things like that, that tattooing generates. And that is outsiders looking into our business and trying to figure out how to make a buck. Yes. Um, I think Kingpin Tattoo Supply was purchased by Bunker Hill Capital, which is an investment yes. company that uh, bought and maybe Tatsol. Tatsol, too. Yeah, there was a, like two or three companies that they bought. Mm -hmm. I heard they tried to buy Eternal Inc. Tramp mm -hmm. from, from Detroit's mm -hmm. company, I think. Uh, so, that, I mean, who knows what other companies they've kind of sniffed around to buy. And these are like big money people. You know, yes. they're not, this is not like some, this is serious money outside of our industry. And, oh, yeah. you know, we, it needs to be, understood that this is something that's going to happen in some way shape or form to the business because of the amount of money that there is in it you know you know what's interesting is um bunker hill had on their website the list of the businesses that they owned uh-huh and at one time kingpin was on there and um it's no longer on there and i i'm actually looking at their website right now and I don't see a, a list of, uh, of what they own anymore. Ah, um, did, did they take people that were complaining about outsiders kind of, you know, interloping into the tattoo industry? Well, I think that's part of it. So in a, in a previous episode when we were talking about tattoo schools and apprenticeships and stuff like that, I said that there was a guy that was kind of trying to franchise out a tattoo school and uh -huh. people were picketing shops and everything like that. Well, there was a, there was a big uproar among uh, tattooers about, uh, you know, these tattoo schools and how awful they were and stuff yeah. like that. And Kingpin, <laughs> Kingpin posted a post that said, that they are really against tattoo schools and how wrong it is. And that if you operate or graduate from a tattoo school, Kingpin will not sell you tattoo supplies. That was an Instagram post that they made. If you, wait a minute, if you operate a tattoo or school, graduate from, from a tattoo school, they will not sell to you. You will be blacklisted. And I thought this was really interesting. So I posted, from an, another Instagram account I have uh -huh. or used to have that I thought what they were doing was really interesting considering Kingpin is owned by Bunker Hill Capital, an outside <laughs> group looking to make money off of, uh, off of tattooing and Kingpin's little post there was, was, was pretty dishonest and very, you know, yeah, um, it was a bit hypocritical. Yeah. My post was immediately deleted and my account blocked by Kingpin. Huh. And I, I went back to try and find that um, that post, and it's gone. It was probably deleted shortly thereafter because somebody yeah. was like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Icon Device, I believe, is owned by an investment company, too. Okay. I didn't know that. That makes sense, though. I mean, I knew there was a couple of companies that were, were bought up by either Bunker Hill or, or some similar operator. 
Icon, if I'm not mistaken, is is a Canadian-based company. Is that correct? They are. Okay. A few years ago, all of a sudden, though, they had warehouses in New York. And okay. I believe that that's when that around that time is when they were bought. Um, okay. I, I could be completely wrong. This is just some uh, some stuff I heard from a, a, a guy I know that's really into finance and, and, and stuff like that, uh -huh. um, that, that Icon was one of the ones that were bought. So, I mean, that's like three major, major supply companies that are no longer, that are owned now from outside the tattoo industry. Yeah. Clearly, there's a lot of money being made and the IRS knows it. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, for sure. So one of the um, comments on the on the tattoo jobs Instagram post um, was about how how somebody from a company called Acquisition.com recently said they would acquire tattoo shops and make them successful. So I mean this this is just completely randomly found on the thread about w2 versus contractors and then there's a whole big discussion about what it costs or or what what dollar amount those kind of acquisition companies are looking for in order to take over a company one person says five million another person says three million and i i think that there's probably multiple uh tattoo companies that are gross revenue generating three to five million dollars a year i mean you you know there's plenty of operators that have multiple locations and and decent sized markets that are, are clearing that kind of gross revenue so it's only a matter of time till some outside people buy up tattoo shops in addition to supply shops and really change the direction of tattooing yeah, for sure. So I, I just looked up acquisition.com uh -huh. um, since you mentioned it. I had forgot about that post. Uh -huh. And um, so you go to their website, acquisition.com. Do you want to scale your business? We are uh -huh. looking to invest in one great business per month. Will it be yours? And then it asks two questions. I own a business. I want to start a business business and you uh -huh. select one uh -huh. and then it starts asking questions about your business. And the second question is, where are you based USA, Canada or other? Okay. So obviously this is an, this is an international thing. Yeah. You know what I mean, I don't yeah. know anything about this company down at the bottom. They have some other links, um, books, courses, consulting, the firm, which is about our cause, our investment thesis and the team. Yeah. yeah. That's that's pretty interesting. I would be curious to know how, how did they make tattoo businesses successful? Like well, I think I think an outfit like that measures success in dollar signs. Of course. You know? Yeah. So, so I mean profitable, more profitable? I don't know. I mean there's there's probably I'm sure somebody that is not from our industry that is that has money, right? Like one of mm -hmm. these these outfits that looks at what we're doing would say, "Hey, we can make more money if we change this, add this, you know, increase retail sales, you know, change branding." I don't know. I mean, there's there's people that are super expert in these things that mm -hmm. really know how to to 
leverage businesses to to make more and more money and you know it's going to happen i don't know yeah. when or to who but it's it's going to be a thing yeah there's there's already outsiders in our business um hart and huntington that guy is like a motorcycle mm -hmm. riding yep. guy he's not a tattoo like I, I, I got nothing against the guy like he might be a great mm -hmm. businessman you know but mm -hmm. all these people they're like oh we can't let these outsiders come in like you can't stop it <laughs> right the only way you're going to be able to stop that is to out compete them isn't that gatekeeping and and yeah that's a, i guess that's a, it that's is. a term i've heard a lot yeah, yeah by by people um and i could definitely see the same person that says tattoo apprenticeships are bullshit because it's a form of gatekeeping yeah. they're the same ones that are saying we've got to keep these business these other businesses out of the tattoo industry yeah maybe i mean yeah. I, I don't i i think the only consistency you get with people like that is just that um they haven't thought through their position very well you know or they're just repeating something that somebody else told them right. um like how how many tattooers do you know that instruct their clients to wash their tattoo with dial soap yes and then what, go buy does, aquaphor yeah does dial or or aquaphor pay you to say that like why the hell would you say that you yeah know? I, but that's just another thing and I, I every time i hear that i go why do you tell people that and they yeah. think about it and they either say i don't know or they say well that's what i was told to say yeah um <laughs> and and aftercare is another great example of money from outside the tattoo industry um a lot of aftercare companies are not owned by people in the tattoo industry they might have been at one time right. but i know that uh tattoo goo isn't they were yeah. purchased and it's I, some kind of medical supply company or something and and whatever i mean i have no problem with that if you make a good product you know what i mean and Absolutely. whether you're a tattoo or not if you make a good product then you're actually trying to to do some good and and you know providing a quality aftercare product at a reasonable price i feel is a is a noble thing within tattooing i I, I don't care what your other job used to be or is or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, like you said, it's going to happen. It's happening. It's only going to happen more. Yep. And um, there is two. Well, there's one. I'll just say one that I because I know this for sure. Chain of shops in Florida. Uh -huh. um, and they are not owned by tattooers. They are owned by. um some foreign um guys with money uh -huh. that, that own other businesses too okay and um they've been around a while and um they're successful enough to keep going to open yeah. more shops yeah. they haven't opened any more in a while but they don't give a fuck about tattooing no they don't well they do they, in the sense that they make money off of they it they care about money and that's yeah. it yeah um and I, I've heard a lot of crazy things about these fellers from staff and everything like that that I've that I've talked to. And I mean, the one guy I met him, and he was talking about his business plan and 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 everything. And he was he was really proud of what he was doing. And it was basically just shitting on his staff and tattooing. Didn't give a fuck, you know? Yeah, I think and I it, know who you're talking about. You and, do. You yeah. were there when he was talking yeah, about I remember it. Now. And fucking crazy and those guys are out there and i bet they're they've been around nice. for a long time too sure. man 15 years at least yes probably more 
and and this is not an isolated thing i'll bet in any major market yeah there used to be a chain in denver and that was owned by a professional wrestler nice and man i they're not around i don't know i heard that dude passed maybe uh, that's why they're not around but they had like six stores or something wow. so these people are looking at at that tattoo and and owning supply companies and aftercare companies and stuff like that is one thing yeah but owning and operating a bunch of shops to me that that seems worse and it's probably just i, I don't know maybe that's just silly on my part but what do you mean you, it seems worse like you mean like it's a a bigger um slight problem. against tattooing oh, yeah okay. yeah because yeah, yeah. like i mean we do this because we love it yes. you know obviously this is what i do for a living and how i support my my family yeah but if i didn't love it i could do i would do something else you know what i mean and other people aren't going to come in and they're not going to take care of this thing of ours you know what i mean they're not, not going like to love it the do. way we right. do right. no yeah and, I um that. so so you want to keep these businesses out of the tattoo industry then set yourself apart you know we own we have multiple locations and stuff like that and i'm not saying i'm trying to choke these other guys out because i don't even know if that's possible no but it's not. you know what i mean i can at least provide an alternative for yeah for customers and for artists so, you know you don't have to go work for that guy you know yeah we have a well, lot to offer because yeah you know you can be an employee or an independent contractor exactly yeah and uh i mean i've heard stories about some of these like screwing people on their taxes oh yeah claiming that they were taking taxes out when they actually well they were taking it out but they weren't giving it to the irs <laughs> yeah no um, i've heard i've heard of people getting 1099s for like three times what they actually made yes like, that's sketchy as shit, man i have i have first-hand experience with that um, wow I knew, I knew a shop in pennsylvania anybody that quit whether you left on good terms or bad terms the shop owner was going to 1099 you for 100 of what you did tattooing not wow. your cut but yeah your, your gross revenue wow yeah you were going to get a 1099 for that you were going to pay some of his taxes yeah damn and and he thought it was fucking hilarious yeah well i mean i that that's probably something that he got away with more than once because people just don't know what to do about it they don't they think oh well the, the this is the guy sent me this like there's nothing i can do about it mm -hmm. i mean that's a, a a matter of people just not being educated and not empowering themselves with the knowledge to to navigate this stuff and that's why it's important that people understand it when when they're engaged in it and and know you know what their rights are what their responsibilities are and things like that yeah um, but I, I i do think it's important like what you said that our situation in particular because that's what we know is that if people want to be a, a w-2 employee to to work with us they can and it's not a problem at all or if they want to be an independent contractor that's a possibility too you know they they don't have to be one or the other they can they can't be both at the same time but there's right. plenty of people that work for us that started out as independent contractors and converted to employees when they realized the benefits that they could take advantage of and it, it yeah. doesn't suit everyone we still have people i think both of us in our um company have people that are uh independent contractors that don't want to be w-2 employees and that's fine too 
Yeah, about ten percent. Yeah, is about is about what I have that are independent contractors. And yeah, one of the guys, uh, he's he's no longer with the company. He's um, moved on to his own studio. He was just like, man, he's like, I pay my child support, and I want to keep doing it. I don't want them to be able to get into my bank account and and get it. And um, it wasn't that he was trying to get out of paying. It was just that he didn't like the idea of the state or whatever sure. deducting the money out of his bank account. He's like, so I'm sure. going to continue to do this. And it's like, man, that's cool. Do your thing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I get, I get that. I hope yeah. that guy doesn't think that they can't get into his bank account because believe me, they can. Right. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, ask Kanye. <laughs> they can get in there <laughs> yeah 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 wesley snipes yeah um yeah. didn't they he went to jail for not paying his taxes he did, didn't yeah, he? he did yeah he went to jail for um either tax fraud or tax of i don't know there was some tax related thing I, I i think the best thing to do is learn the the laws that apply to you and your situation and and hire an expert, you know, get an attorney, yes. get a tax planner, get a financial planner and and learn what you can do to offset your your tax burden. Um, yeah. it, it, it may be and there's a, a financial vehicle that you can invest in that's going to be a tax deferred thing. There mm -hmm. may be um, a, a, I think if I'm not mistaken, you can put um, a certain amount of money each year into a uh, tax deferred health savings account to pay for medical expenses. There's real estate investing that you can do that, that um, will allow you to depreciate real estate and, and um, mm -hmm. di diminish your tax burden. There's a lot of things you can do that are legal. And, and <clears throat> that was something that I found interesting about Trump. Everybody was getting on to him about not paying his fair share in taxes. And he just said, Hey, I use the system that you guys made. And I try to minimize uh, the amount of money I pay in taxes. He goes, that doesn't make me a cheat. That makes me smart. He just yeah. used the system to his advantage. Like that's what super wealthy people do. They don't pay the same uh, percentage of their revenue or their income in taxes because they understand how to do right. that kind of shit. And there's things that people on our level can do that that'll benefit them in that regard too. And, you know, you just yeah. got to be ready to do it, learn about it, put some effort into it. Yeah. Warren Buffett bragged about paying less in taxes than his secretary. Yep. Uh, one of the guys that uh, uh, is an independent contractor that works for us is uh, um, he has other businesses. So independent okay. contractor works great for him. He's a machine. Yep. He's a machine builder. Okay. And and does pretty well with that. And then he's got some some real estate going on and and, and stuff like that. And he has uh, a company that he uses to help him with his taxes yep and somebody that he personally knows has been with for a long time they understand his situation and and yep. and he pays not a lot you know In taxes, he's not, yeah yeah he's not violating any laws he's nope. using the system yep. um and the uh, i've always said that you know hiring a tax professional I would rather give the money to that person than yep. the fucking government. Absolutely. So it might not save me any money, but at least it's going to some fucking right. working man instead of the government. Yeah, because I mean that the tax attorney or accountant that you're using to to reduce your tax burden is 
not going to, you know, blow up people in another country or, you know, f have a coup to install some puppet regime or something like that. <laughs> I don't want to get too political, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Although, I don't know. If, if the old lady that does my taxes bombed another country, then that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the country, man. Well, of course. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Canada? Hell yeah. I want to hire her, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, what the Canadians ever do to you? They won't let me in their country. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Man, speaking of places that love to tax the shit out of people, I, I have a friend that has a tattoo shop in Canada. I would be uh -huh. interested to see how how they do their taxes because I'm I'm sure it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's high there. I, I've worked in Europe a few times and the guy I worked for really went through a lot of hoops to hide his income from the government because their their tax rate was like 40 percent and um he didn't take credit cards and right. uh cash only and and uh and yeah because the, the the tax burden is just so so oppressive it was it was crazy and i i actually think he has left that country and gone to a more tax-friendly country now wow um which, you know, the average person doesn't have the money to do that. So learn how to work the system, I guess, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I want to make it clear to anyone listening that we do not advocate breaking any laws at all. We, or bombing countries. No. We want everyone to pay the correct amount of taxes for their situation. And hopefully that number is as close to zero as possible. So good Yeah, on. absolutely. <laughs> I would. I don't want anybody to break the law or get in trouble because the IRS is evil. If they locked up Blade, they'll they'll come get you. Yeah, it's true. You know, they took poor Willie Nelson's shit away from him. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> That's criminal. Um, right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't fuck with the IRS, man. You know, the, I firmly believe the tax laws are so confusing and so convoluted so that the, if they want to get you, they can get you and you'll you know what I mean? That's all there yeah. is to it. They they put what's his name, Irving Schiff, in prison for for showing people how not to pay taxes. He probably was paying his taxes. He just showed other people how how to you know get away with paying less tax. They put him in prison. Yeah, I mean they don't fuck around. I'm uh, just reading um, what determines if you are an independent contractor or an employee on the IRS's yep. website uh -huh. is so vague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i mean you could be both at the same time according to this you know what i mean yes. not, not literally but that's how vague it is well, um they they have some person that looks at that and says okay you checked seven of the nine boxes we're gonna go ahead and say that you're you're an independent contractor and another person might look at it and say yeah seven and nine is not enough you need to get eight out of nine in order to get independent contractor you're an employee so again I, I i think that it's rather arbitrary and it can change depending on who's interpreting it sure so there are three common law rules this is business much must weigh these factors when determining whether a worker is an employee or an independent contractor number one is behavioral does the yeah. company control or have the right to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job 
Well, I think that's pretty much any job. I mean, somebody is controlling the way you do it, whether it be the laws that govern govern that industry or something. Well, you I, know? I think it's it's more uh, my interpretation is it's more procedural. Like, are they telling you no? You have to do this this way versus like the law says you have to do X, Y, and Z. Like for tattooing, you know, you you have to wash your hands between changing gloves and all these things. Like, right. I don't think that's what they're talking about. I think they're talking about like for tattooing purposes, like the application of the tattoo, like mm -hmm. you can't use this kind of machine. You, you can only use rotary machines or you can only use coil machines. Those are the kind of things that yeah. I would imagine they're talking about. But again, it's arbitrary. And the person that's reading that shit are what, how do they know how we do things or what we expect and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, I actually interviewed a guy and we were talking about machines and stuff like that. And he was like, Oh, well, I switched to rotaries because the, the last place I worked at, you had to use a rotary. And I was like, Whoa. What kind of shit is that? Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, they didn't like the noise that coil machines make. So everybody wow. used rotaries. And well, guess what, dude? You were an employee, not an independent contractor. Yeah. Well, yeah. So maybe that was the only thing that they required so mm. again the arbitrary you know individual who's deciding this can just say ah well the other stuff is good but this is the only thing that's yeah, fine we'll let it slide you know yeah it's, it, it's not clear yeah yeah years ago before the whole irs thing and when everybody that worked for us was an independent contractor the company offered we had um we had a uh, dental insurance that was available because dental insurance is actually pretty reasonable to purchase and uh that was a, a violation you're not allowed to provide benefits for yeah independent contractors that's that's number three yeah. on the common law rules are there written contracts or employee type benefits pension plan insurance vacation pay etc the vacation pay is interesting because if you do offer paid vacation that person's an employee but you do not have to offer that to your employees right right so one is like an optional benefit yeah but if you do it they're an employee yeah and the same with health insurance like depending on the size of your company you don't have to provide health insurance um and that's a huge misconception a lot of people think oh i'm going to be an employee because i get insurance well we're not big enough to where we're required to offer you insurance and we actually looked into offering people insurance and it was so expensive that the staff wouldn't have participated well yeah so that when when you you first said about the insurance thing and we were talking about um workers comp insurance not health insurance when when we did look into that if you remember we had to get a certain percentage of the employees to agree right to pay for it mm -hmm. was it only 50 yeah I, I thought, thought it was, it was higher than that, but oh. whatever, whatever it was, we didn't even come close. When sure. we asked every employee, do you want health insurance that the company partially pays for? And whatever the options were at that time that the payroll company gave us, we explained the you know two, two best options. Mm -hmm. And the response was very underwhelming. Like most people didn't value that enough to, to want to have to pay for it. It was a and, lot. Yeah. It well, was a lot. I, I mean, compared to what, right? Like if you go buy health insurance, it might be a lot more. Yeah. I mean, it know? was $400 a month. Is that a lot? Because I pay a lot more than that for my wife and I. <laughs> you well, know? 
It was $400 a month per individual. That was the yeah. best case scenario. Yeah. And I'm sure, especially if you're, if you're young and in relatively yeah. good health, yeah. chances of you using that. And there was like, I think you had to get up to $5,000 in bills before the insurance would kick in anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty standard now. That's, that's what the, um, the uh, health savings account that you're allowed to do that's tax deferred money. I think that's the, it's right about that number that yeah. you can get. And that's why they do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's that whole thing's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, whatever, that's, that's probably another episode. Um, but I guess kind of what we were, the, the whole purpose of this is to, is to let people know that the lines between employee and independent contractor, of the tattoo industry are not black and white. No. And, um, my personal opinion for the average tattooer because of that employee is probably the safer way to go yeah i agree you know what i mean I, I think it's the most beneficial way to go for a couple of reasons uh number one the employees have more rights than independent contractors yes so if if you want more stability and security in your job employee mm -hmm. is the way to go number two once they raise the minimum standard deduction to 12,000 or whatever, it's gone up every year since then. Yeah. So it's probably closer to 13 at this point. Once they raise the, man, ugh, the standard minimum deduction, that almost eliminated the ability for tattooers to benefit from deducting the cost of, of being an independent contractor from the amount of money that they made. I mean, you have to make a shit ton of money and have a shit ton of deductions for it to pay off. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting comments I saw on the, the tattoo jobs post about W2 versus 1099 is somebody said, so employee, they would never want to be an employee because what happens during the slow season? Do you just get laid off? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw that. Is the place you're working at getting rid of you during the slow season now? Like that, <laughs> I mean, that's fucking crazy. And then they were talking about getting paid minimum wage and could shop owners afford to pay people hourly during the slow season. Being an employee does not mean you get an hourly wage or yeah. that you even get minimum wage. You can be an employee and be straight commission. And a lot of businesses are like that. I know somebody that sold appliances for years and commission only. Yep. And they worked no, there's, at Sears, you know yep. what I mean? And they were an employee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's there's plenty of precedents for uh, employees to make commission only, and the the idea that they have to be paid a minimum wage every week is nonsense. Right. The the true. way it works is it averaged out over a certain amount of time. They have a formula for doing it, and you know if if some tattooer can't make minimum wage tattooing over the course of a year or six months or whatever it is you probably aren't worth a shit yeah you either, or you're in a bad situation right i mean maybe I, I don't know but like you you should be able to make good money tattooing if yeah. you love it if you put your to it if you take it seriously and you respect it it'll take care of you oh yeah for sure yeah and that's my favorite lyle tuttle quote if you take care of tattooing tattooing will take care of you yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lyle was, was good. A good a good quote generator. Yeah. <laughs> um, minimum wage in the state of Florida 
is twenty two thousand eight hundred and eighty annually. Uh huh. Man, if you're tattooing and you're not making that, um, come see me for a job. <laughs> for sure, man. Like that's that's it's not a hard goal to hit. Yeah. For, for even a first year tattooer, you know. Yeah. Now in Florida, minimum wage is eleven bucks. You know, other places it's it's closer to seven. It just kind of depends on where you're at. But the price yeah. of living is is insane here. All right. Well, I, I I think we've covered everything on this. I don't know how long we've been talking. I don't have a. I didn't pay much attention. That's it for this episode of I Love Tattooing. I sure hope you enjoyed it. Please check out our website, ilovetattooing.com. And leave us a comment or send us a suggestion if there's a topic you'd like to hear us discuss or you want to give us some feedback, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. See you next time.